Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It is movie talk time, and we are talking about the brand new trailer for John Wick 3. On top of that, there's a new TV spot for Avengers Endgame, but does it have any new footage in it? And then we are moving into a new movie pass story. One of the co-founders is designing something that, uh, yeah, might have some issues with it. We are going to dig into that story today with John Roca. Hello. Roca, you're important, but look oh, who's sitting you. next to you oh, right now. Oh, this is important, of course. Ray freaking Drake is on the show today. Yes, sir. Hello. I'm so happy to do a show with you. I have so many stupid opinions that I'm excited to share about all of this stuff. As long as you approach them with enthusiasm, I believe in you. All right, we're jumping into story number one today. And of course, that is the brand new John Wick 3 trailer that you probably watched early this morning. This one is directed by Chad Stahelski, who of course is back after co-directing the very first John Wick and then solo directing John Wick Chapter 2. Now this third movie sees Keanu Reeves as John Wick as a wanted man by the entire criminal underworld. He teams up with a character we've never seen before, played by Halle Berry, and tries to find a way to survive this whole thing. The movie hits theaters May 17th. Okay, so first up, Roka, what did this trailer do for you? Does it give you the sense that the John Wick franchise might go three for three? Let me tell you something. I grew up at a time when Uh you had had (laughs) Sylvester Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, all these guys. This is what laid the groundwork of my male youth. And so to see these kinds of films come through in these series like John Wick kind of bust through every once in a while, the Expendables bust through every once in a while, it makes you excited to go back and like revisit that time. And that John, the John Wick films do that for me. This is this third one. I really enjoyed this trailer a lot. Love the visuals, love the new characters, the new actors involved in this. Angelica Houston kicking so much yes. ass like she always does. Yes, queen. And everything about her was fantastic. <laughs> 
fantastic. And, but the knife stuff was great. Knife food was jumping up. We got samurais with samurai swords with motorcycles. There's so much to enjoy here. But the twist in the trailer is we thought he was going to be all by himself. And now it seems like the old guard is going to step up and help him in this situation. So all around, this looks fantastic. And I will say this, Chad Stahelski coming back is so great because I think that's the problem with uh, some other series. They don't maintain the same director, so the consistency sometimes falls by the wayside. And at least we're going to get his version of John Wick, and that excites me. John Wick's on a horse. John Wick's on a horse. (laughs) That's a song. That's Um, a song that should probably have played over the trailer. (laughs) I would have given anything to have seen that filmed. Like, could you oh, think yeah. of anything greater than Keanu Reeves as John Wick on a horse? Trick question. The answer is no. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be pretty happy with watching Keanu Reeves kick ass on a horse, but also Halle Berry kicking ass with two guard dogs yeah. by her side. So mm-hmm. one of the questions I have after watching this trailer is she looks super bad as we do see her slide under the table at some point. How much do you think is going to be Halle Berry physically fighting kind of like mm-hmm what we see Keanu Reeves do here and how much of it is going to be her, you know, like walking forward with her guns and her dogs looking real cool. (laughs) I hope she fights a lot. And I would like to point out, say what you will about the film itself. She was really great doing stunts in Catwoman. What Mm. was actually her and not her Mm -hmm. double and not CG, really bad CG in retrospect. Like she can do it. She's a very physical performer. So I think they're going to take advantage of that because that's what John Wick is. Mm -hmm. Everybody in these movies has to really up their game physically. I believe in her for those reasons. And I also just really believe in Chad Stahelski here Mm -hmm. because one of the cool things I think about this entire franchise is oftentimes when you have an action movie that pops and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger, they start to get less grounded and they start Mm. to do all these crazy things that feel unrealistic. This trailer does up the scope big time and we've seen him incorporate new fighting Mm -hmm. styles, but it's always felt real. It's always felt like every single time he lands a punch or he stabs someone, whatever... You can kind of feel it, and I just never want to see this franchise lose that touch. Yeah, he's not fast and furiousing this thing. He's not falling mm. out of a plane or driving a car yes. out of a movie plane. <laughs> you know, he's not like risking thirty-seven concussions. He just he handles his business. And yes, it's believable. And that's a great point you make, Perry. It stays grounded. That's the joy of this thing. You know, when the Die Hard franchise came out, the first Die Hard people loved why because he was an everyman involved in the situation. As it got more and more spectacular, and he was riding off the wings of a jet onto a highway, you're just like, I. <laughs> I can't. I can't anymore. And with John Wick, he stays exactly who he is. They just up the up the ante, but he stays who he is, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's actually that's like the diehard version of the airplane in John Wick is just him on a horse, oh, which right. is like believable. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah, believable. And I, that's what I loved about this world from the start was that there was so much potential to constantly bring in new characters mm. and to always have there be tons of awesome action mm-hmm. because that hotel alone is like one of the coolest creations of like the last five years. Yeah. And I, every time, every time, I'm like, yes, bring in Angelica Houston. Please let her punch someone. Please. <laughs> oh, it really looks like we're going to see that area of this franchise fleshed out too because even just one simple shot of someone announcing into a loudspeaker, mm. John Wick is excommunicado. That kind of just opens the whole world of like the continental and mm. then up ten times more. And I love me some good world building with little details hidden all throughout. And I feel like that is such a rich world to continue 
to explore. Yeah, and we're going to get Ruby Rose and Common coming back, who, are not, who have not been in the trailers, but they are in the cast list, and they yeah. were in. They were last we saw them at the end of two, possibly dead, but it looks like they're not. So that they might get involved in this mm-hmm. as well as we go forward. So that's that'll be interesting. What too. else is interesting is every single time I look over your shoulder and look at that image, I yep. feel like someone should write like "Merry Christmas" or "Happy Holidays" on it. There's, <laughs> there's something about like the group together and the fireplace that gives it a warm, friendly vibe, even though that's not what this movie is whatsoever. Can I just say that I hope they don't spend a lot of time on any kind of love? Oh, yeah. Like, I hope that, it, that I mean, I don't know what their relationship is. Maybe uh, maybe you guys caught it. I got those vibes. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I'm, oh. I, I don't know. It's time for him to love again, but I don't want hmm. him to, like, focus on that. I want yeah. the motorcycles and samurai swords. And she says, Halle Berry says at one point, we're less than even. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. dang, what did he do? I feel like they'll be able to figure out a, a way to maybe hint at some sort of past between the two of them without actually like, like veering way one. off course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just hope. I hope that, well, it's like, are we, is this going to be like a love scene, John Wick? I, I hope not. I don't want that. Yeah, no. I, I like Look him. at her face in that photo. Fo- that is not a love face. That's no. like an I am sitting here interrogating you kind of face. Right. 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 But I mean, you know that, that, I mean, you and I both know as ladies, that like quickly turns to doing it. Just me? Okay. <laughs> no, Got I mean, it. it's a fair point. I can't repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to our next story now. And it is a new TV spot for Avengers Endgame. <laughs> so... The thing is, we have a new TV spot, but we're busy asking ourselves right now, does it really matter? Not only does this TV spot have no new footage in it, but we're also busy tossing around the question of, is what we're seeing in the Avengers Endgame trailers, TV spots, you name it, is it even going to be in the movie? And is that an okay thing to do? I wanted to read a little bit of a quote that the Russo brothers recently gave Empire on the matter. They said... The things that are most important to us is that we preserve the surprise of the narrative. When I was a kid and saw The Empire Strikes Back at 11 a.m. on the day it opened, it so profoundly moved me because I didn't know a damn thing about the story I was going to watch. We're trying to replicate that experience. We look at the trailer as a very different experience than the movie, and I think audiences are so predictive now that you have to be very smart about how you craft a trailer because an audience can watch a trailer and basically tell you what's going to happen in the film. So at our disposal are lots of shots that aren't in the movie that we can manipulate through CG to tell a story that we want to tell specifically for the purposes of the trailer and not the film. Okay, so as I read that, red flags were popping up all over the place. I was going to ask you guys what you thought of the TV spot first, but going right off of that quote, is this a problem or is this okay? Because I see pros and cons all over the place. Love, love, love. Thank you, finally, for not telling me about one of these movies that I basically already know the beginning, middle, and end of. Like, I don't know who dies, and it kills me to think about it, mm. but I would never have w- even watched this spot if I wasn't here right now. Because mm. I don't want to see nothing. And one of the interesting things about that last trailer was that it was so vague. I was like, yep, great. I don't want to know anything. This is the only comic book movie 
where I actually don't have a good idea Mm -hmm. as to what's going to happen. Because now that they have their slates planned and they've got actor announcements, I already know too much. Mm. I don't have any problem with them being super vague with the promo campaign. And in the case of this particular TV spot, I have no problem with them putting voiceover over old footage. I think this movie kind of calls for something like that. Where I take issue with this quote is the idea of manufacturing or manipulating certain shots for the sake of preserving these secrets because then it doesn't just become about keeping plot details secret it comes up it, it's basically manipulate manipulating you as a fan and yeah. also as people sitting at this table and everybody out there who engages with this material on such a level it's like movies like this can't happen with a fan community around them and it feels like we're all being manipulated and that doesn't sit very well with me and it it also doesn't even feel necessary to me to go that far yeah, it's interesting because uh, for me, I, I go back to, well, why even release it? Why even do anything if you're going to manipulate us, right? The initial trailer is great. We get the idea. We're all in. Why release these TV spots? What, is there 10 people who are not going to go that you haven't reached yet? For God's sakes, like, what is the point of the spot if you're going to use it to manipulate us rather than get us excited for them? Because if we go into the film and those scenes are missing and we think they're critical scenes, you're like, oh, man, but... I get the point of stop showing me the movie in the trailer. Stop showing me everything. And what they said there, what Russo, the, Russo says there, is absolutely correct in that you can sometimes see a trailer, you're like, well, I just saw the movie. There's no point in going. So we, I, I feel like there's a middle ground here that we have to reach where we don't have to necessarily release these things and manipulate the audience, but we can do enough uh, uh, in the trailer that doesn't give away the whole film. So Guys, I don't know. we're too smart. <laughs> We're too smart. We yeah. have we have thousands of reaction videos and breakdown videos True. available to us when the minute that a trailer comes out. And so like you were saying earlier, like these exist and we we love looking at them and literally every single second, every inch of the frame, we've done this to ourselves. And so I have zero problem being manipulated because that means that I'm going to be even more surprised. Like, great! Because I'm getting bored! I think it depends on the level of manipulation though. So when I think about, let's say, what we get in this, where they're manipulating old footage and they're putting those like red pops or whatever it is, Mm. that's fine. Even when they do what... I don't remember if this was actually true or not. I can't remember back but remember the discussion we had when we saw the infinity gauntlet and we were all speculating that maybe at that point in the movie he had had more stones and they took it out but i don't don't remember if that wound up being true or not but even if it was that's something that i don't have a problem with i mean just like manufacturing shots or you know that shot of them running through the wakanda woods or the jungle there that's where i'm like Oh, that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right to use a big shot like that when you know it's not going to be in the movie. But also because I was waiting like during the Mm. movie, I was waiting for that shot. Mm. And I think it ran the risk of taking me out of the movie just the slightest bit. And it's also a callback to Rogue One. I mean, remember one of the end Mm. shots of Rogue One in that trailer, a big highlight with a TIE fighter in it that we never got. I never quite shook that while I was watching the film and it never happened. (laughs) Oh, I get it. You've been. And hurt. I get a it. A bit, yeah. I do. I get that. Well, There's worse like, things in the world than this, though. <laughs> certainly, but it's like, but this stuff, this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. But back to the fact that why even release it? It's like, well, because 
it's that's the way that it's become. That's the way the machine mm. is set up. So it's like we have a fundamental problem in promoting films. So we need to dial up the marketing departments of every major studio, and we need to we need to adjust everyone's expectations. So is that going to happen? Nope. So it's going to get even worse. Yeah. Imagine that period. Like brace yourself. Why does it have to get worse though? I mean, I see so many trailers that so artfully cut the material that's actually in the film in a way. I mean. Can I tell you the craziest thing that I noticed? I watched the trailer for Night Shift, like one of Ron Howard's first movies. Oh, yeah. And it's literally just a shot of the guy's feet. And it's like a voiceover. And then it tilts up for a great, hilarious reveal. And then the trailer's over. Yep. And I was like, wow, that feels ancient. There's so mm-hmm. many simple things like that that wind up being more effective than the quick-cutting montage format that shows you the entire film. I, that's why I always sit here and applaud any trailer that will let you like sit and live in a scene. Because I also think that's a much better representation of what the tone and the atmosphere and the feel of a movie is, rather yeah. than cutting something to the beat of the music. Well, you see them walking in those suits. A lot of people think that scene is not going to be in the, tra- in the film at all. Like, a lot of people... <laughs> People have been tweeting what? out. That's that's is the, that the thing? That's the running exactly the coral tip to the running scene that we saw in uh, Infinity War. A lot of people think that is not going to be in the movie at all, or hmm. the suits themselves will be completely different colors. But I take hmm. your point, Gray, and you're right. When you go back to the 80s and 70s and 60s trailers, a lot of them don't have like here's the whole movie. A lot of them are just like slow pans or one thing or a couple of things, and you hear a voiceover like this and all that kind of jazz, <laughs> and they get you right into it. But with something like this, you could have easily just done a slow pan into that the case of the uniform and slow into the Avengers logo and then maybe it sets on fire or turns to dust but all the time you're hearing voiceover about what might be happening in the movie and that way you can't place what the scenes are vocally but you know this is going to happen in the movie and so it's a slow pan and it would be mirroring what you were talking about with just showing the feet or whatever yeah it's it's so clear that marketing and money is massively important in a way that it wasn't back then because if you you know some of the old trailers are hilariously thorough yeah (laughs) but the ones that aren't that you can just tell that they like ron howard i would assume i don't know who made the trailer Mm. but i would assume that ron howard got to say like oh you know it'd be funny let's just do a trailer like this And they were like, that sounds good. Cool. You want to shoot that? Right on. Well, that's another thing I've been talking about a lot recently. It's just fascinating to me how filmmakers aren't usually involved in the marketing of their movie (laughs) at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are some that have the amount of power Mm -hmm. they need in order to make certain requests when it comes to cutting a trailer or designing a poster. But, you know, even just something like I was talking to the directors of Pet Cemetery, and remember how we were all complaining about how maybe that trailer went a little too far. It's like that that wasn't their choice. Mm-hmm. That was designed a certain way, and it's like it's unfortunate that that trailer went too far because the beginning part of the trailer I thought was brilliant. But a lot of the times, these filmmakers don't have any say in terms of what keeps what what things are being mm-hmm. kept under wraps. Apparently, that's not the case with the Russos, though. I feel like. Once you have proven in a certain environment that you are successful, then you get like a little bit more leverage. So those guys probably have a little bit more. I do wonder if Quentin Tarantino had anything to do with that character poster, though. We talked about it briefly yesterday. (laughs) I just love how people are like, listen, I like William Bibiani's like, listen, I live like a mile from there. There's nothing to lean on. (laughs) She's not leaning on anything. I I, because I'm like, are they joke posters? Those are weird posters. It's designed 
perfectly so you could Photoshop yourself in yeah. between them. Yeah, there Mark you go. It That's what it is. <laughs> All right, guys, before we move on to our third story today, I must remind you that we are taking your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. Use that hashtag Collider Movie Talk. Start sending them in now. Do not send repeat questions. Please, 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 because then maybe I'll pick it. All right. Third story today is a story that relates to MoviePass because one of the co-founders of MoviePass is designing something a little new right now, and I've got a hat tip to Slash Film for finding this story. So if you want to see a movie for free, you might be able to do so through an app called Pre-Show. All you have to do is sit through a 15 to 20 minute pre-show comprised of entertaining branded content. The catch here, though, is that this app apparently can track your eye. So while you're watching it, you're good. The time is rolling. If you divert your attention to something else, it will stop playing and you will not get this free movie ticket until you are focused and finish watching the ad entirely oh my gray what is happening to the world is there anything okay about this or does this just set off every alarm in your head i love the idea of watching ads to get a free movie ticket because they're very expensive and it's cost prohibitive uh but i can't help but think of like minority report where Mm. just like ads are everywhere and i am really scared that it knows where my eyes are looking now like could it tell where my hands are because that's usually not good news well there's there's some uh, details in the initial report that say like certain personal data and certain like very like it's more of like an aggregate i think Uh, the technology and like personal things that you do aren't being tracked but i mean i I don't know and it's also nose like, picking sure i wonder what happens if you pick your nose but your eyes are still on the screen is that okay yeah, it's just a, still on the screen yeah 10 percent discount mm. nose this is pickers. part of the downside though of what happened with movie pass over the past couple of years is that the second you write a headline that says the co-founder of movie pass is doing this immediately i start thinking about something in a negative context so i think i might even be more alarmed by this than i would have been before had i not known one of those individuals were involved yeah, uh, you'll appreciate this, Perry. Movie Pass is like Michael Myers. You can't seem to kill that damn thing, and he keeps coming back every single time. Uh, scarier and scarier. This is scary. This idea. Already people are putting, you know, scotch tape over their cameras on their computers because they're afraid they're being watched. You, I mean, watch that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt one, that was that, that film. You're yeah. just like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. They gave out Band-Aids at that junket yeah. so you could do it. <laughs> so you could do that. Exactly. It's scary. So this idea that this kind of – this is almost like carnival barking type stuff, you know, where they, they, we've got a new thing for you to, 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 to get involved in and put your eyes here. And Already websites, when you navigate out of websites, go to another tab, the ads will stop playing. And then you have to go back to that tab to finish watching the ad before you can watch that. Because sometimes when I, when I have so many tabs open, I'll like click on an ESPN thing to watch a highlight, and the ad will start. And I'll go to another tab. The ad will stop. And until I go back to that tab and finish the ad, I cannot watch the footage that I want to watch. So already they're controlling you in that way. This is just the next level that they have to physically watch you. You have to physically watch that thing. And the second you move away or whatever, you're in trouble. I mean, what do you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of it? What happens then? Then it's no stopped. ticket for well, you. You could, right. you could, if you're watching on like an iPad or something, you could take it with you. <laughs> Kill two birds you know with one who, stone. You know this That's is beyond nose picking. There, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a group of people. This is great news for advertisers. Mm. What if you're blind? Uh, uh, well, your eyes are still you, okay. You know, you're still facing the do- the device. Okay. 
So, right? I don't know about what that. What if you one, have no eyes? What if, like, you're like, this? what if you're like, this? if you're I'm like my saying. friend's rescue dog, what, what then? There you go. <laughs> okay. What <laughs> then? Let's take out of the equation for a quick minute this creepy factor and just assume that somebody out there wants a free movie ticket and they're going to jump in and they don't care about the privacy issues. Are there any other red flags with, like, giving out movie tickets quite like this? Or if you're willing to take the plunge, is it just a nice perk to have? Well, if you're an AMC member, you already sit through 20 minutes of ads to see a movie. So in essence, you've already done that with the AMC movie stubs thing. So to me, this is you. This is a lot of work for yourself to go see a movie for free. I, I just don't really understand a lot it. of work. 15 minutes. Have you seen the ADD of people nowadays? You know, no. within 10 seconds, they're already like, what, "What am I doing? Why am I watching this?" And they move on to something else. So I, I think it's I think it's that at the at the end of the day is. A, it, 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 I don't know. It's Orwellian and unsettling as hell. And I don't know what's the next step. Like, what's the next step that you have to go to the theater and then you have to sit there in one of these booths and watch the 20 minutes of ads. Then the ding- thing dings and, you- and then you're allowed to go into the movie. I have a bad feeling that where we're heading is that in terms of going to the theater, one option could wind up being if you pay a premium price, you have the ability yeah. to walk in. At- I mean, it doesn't really mm-hmm. sound out of the realm no, of possibility. You pay a lower tier. You got to go in. I mean, it really is. It's just like a lot of streaming services we have right now you could pay on one tier you can get ads or you could pay more money and have those ads taken away that's yeah. like the arc light theater here in los angeles area though and they're spreading all across the country that they don't have ads and the yeah. ticket cost is more expensive yeah. and you're paying for an experience with movies and i think that if people are willing to do that then fine um part of me is aware that advertising is all around me and so if i want to fit a date into my budget where we go to the movies i'd be willing to do it yeah all right well ads are ads are built you see it in sports teams now they're starting to wear logos on their uniforms that has never been done before so advertising is becoming massive even more so and it, it permeates everything we're doing now and it has to to support I mean, things. To, to be fair, we yeah. do it here. I just got back from South say. by Southwest where yeah. we wouldn't have a really cool Collider studio to get the word out there about teeny tiny mm. independent films that nobody would be aware of had it not been for our generous sponsors. So mm. there's ups and downs. This is the name yeah. of the game. I just always think with stuff like this, as long as it's done responsibly, then it's okay. MoviePass was not the most responsible execution right. of a plan like that. That's probably the biggest red flag I have with this stuff right here. Mm. All right, we got one more story to hit today, and it comes from Matt Goldberg's set visit report from the set of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. He went there back in August 2017, and he joined a group of journalists, and obviously they got to interview the director of the movie, Michael Doherty. So while they were talking, he likened his movie to Aliens as though Gareth Edwards' Godzilla would be the alien to his aliens. Here's the exact quote. Well, I hesitate to say it, but I would call it the aliens to Gareth's alien. So it's a bit more of an ensemble film, whereas the first movie was really about Brody's character kind of weaving his way through the adventure, and Monarch was kind of the backdrop for that. So I felt there was an opportunity to sort of craft Monarch as a group of humanists who, unlike a lot of top-secret government agencies where they have their own nefarious mission statements, Monarch has a very positive outlook on what these creatures are and what they represent. 
I understand why he hesitates because this is a very, very bold statement. Mm. Roca, does a statement like this give you more faith in a movie or make you more concerned? Well, it gives me faith because I mean, the trailers have been great already, so I'm in. But it gives me faith overall because I like Alien and I like Aliens for two different reasons. Mm. You know, two mm-hmm. completely different experiences. I like that Godzilla. I like Gareth Edwards' Godzilla a lot. It's contemplative. It's slow. It gets to where it's going. There's no rush. When the monsters happen, it's fantastic. And then the, th- the way it ends. Uh, I was excited about this already, bringing all these monsters in. And it makes sense because remember in Alien, there was only one alien. In Aliens, there was a lot of them. So there's a lot of monsters here. The, the, the other, If you read the full interview, what I really liked about it, though, is what he talks about the old gods, that these monsters have been here before us. So in essence, we're intruding on them. And that's an interesting way to approach it. Also, Monarch, I think, was the villain in Kong Skull Island a little bit. So yeah. to see him going this way with it, that they're being humanists, mm-hmm. it lets you know this is a massively large co- corporation that has different points of views depending on what department is in charge of what. So the, I like that. The Monarch stuff definitely intrigues me more, and so does the ensemble idea, mm. because it's, it's yeah. funny how he puts it here, because... I think that the first Godzilla, and I did like that movie a lot, but I think one of the issues that I had with the movie is that it was trying to approach the character of Brody as though it was the protagonist, and there were so many other better characters that were catching my eye around him that I wanted it to function as more of an ensemble piece, and it was kind of forcing him to be the leading man in a way, and I got very frustrated by that. So the idea of this being a bigger film, whether it is focusing on the human characters being a group or or even the fact that we're getting more monsters this time around... I kind of like it. Yeah, absolutely. At at first, when I just heard the quote itself, like, oh, my movie's like Aliens, and Gareth Edwards is like Alien, my first instinct was to say, like, whoa, that's like such a John Lennon move, where it's like, (laughs) the Beatles are bigger than God, because I I personally like Aliens better than Alien, Mm. while I like them both. So I'm glad that you gave us all context around it, because Mm -hmm. I think what he's actually saying is reasonable. It's like, this is, and and the word ensemble makes me even more excited Mm. there's so much in this whole godzilla king kong universe that i'm glad that there's seemingly bringing nuance into it that Mm -hmm. doesn't happen very often it is very encouraging and i think the quality of both godzilla and kong skull island even though i wasn't over the moon about either of them there's still a lot to love about them Mm. and i have a lot of faith in this too but the thing is we're talking about a major franchise for a big studio that while it is making money and they are continuing it, it's not really hitting the level of like a Transformers, right. where you would think, like a movie with Godzilla, it's going to hit Transformers level. It's not quite doing that. Is there anything that they should be doing with this movie to kind of push it to that level if they even need to? No, because this, these, that's what these movies are great for. I can't even get it out because I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the day, while I had issues with both of the other films too, I'm like, it's just big old monsters. Woo! Because also Pacific Rim, shout out. Like, love it. The bigger the monster, the better. And then I just get like overwhelmed and I don't think about how like eh, I have some script notes <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know if they can grab the Transformers thing because Transformers appeals to you from a kid onward you know and you kind of remember that and multiple generations come to it but with the Monsters movies you can get scared you can't take a five year old you can take a five year old to or a ten year old to Transformers you might not be able to take a ten year old to Godzilla or Godzilla King of the Monsters mm. that's where you might affect your, some of your box office but I also like the fact that they are and, and that makes me happy because I like 
that they're going to show these monsters doing these terrible things to massive amounts of property or people. <laughs> I enjoy that. That's what I loved watching about the old school monsters that these were based on. I never missed a Godzilla film or a King Kong film or the Son of Godzilla. All these, go, you know, Mothra was fantastic. Oh, Rodan. My. Yeah, Mothra's <laughs> like all this idea of it all. I, I like the, the serious artistic approach they are taking to this universe. And I, I, from what I've seen so far, I don't mind that they're not making that money. And mm-hmm. Perry, maybe you're right. Maybe they, I'm sure they want to, yeah. but it may just not be the kind of material that does naturally lend itself to that. Yeah, I find it interesting because mm-hmm. like, even though you kind of uh, made the age divide, and as you were saying that, I was trying to rack my brain for certain scenes in the other two films that might be a little too upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are some, but I don't know. I just look at this franchise and the, the iconic monsters involved, and I'm like, why, why, isn't, why isn't the number, why isn't the box office kicking up just like a notch? Mm-hmm to put it on yet another level. But who knows? Maybe something like this, as big as it seems, could really change that. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I hope that it's a good movie because I'm a big fan of Michael Dougherty and I want all the good things to come his way after. God, you know what? Years ago, he was so kind to me. I had a podcast, mm. was like nobody, and had emailed him because I was so excited to see Trick or Treat and he gave us tickets to see it at Comic-Con. Wow. Like, sight unseen, he didn't huh. know who we were or anything. And I've never forgotten that. It was so cool of him and I was so pumped to be at Comic-Con and watching that movie. It's like... I don't even know if the movie is genuinely good because I have such warm feelings towards mm. it that I it's one of my favorites. That movie <laughs> is genuinely good. Great. And it's like good to as hear. I was trailing off there, I wanted to lead into like I hope this makes an insane amount of money so he could do whatever he wants next like a second trick or treat movie. <laughs> that format just lends itself to another one. I love Sam. I want to see more of him. All right. We're moving into the plugs for the show today because we have a lot of stuff to tell you about that's coming your way on the Collider Video Channel tomorrow. First up, we've got Collider Live, bright and early, 10 a.m. PT. Oh, on top of that, there's a there's a show over the weekend. It's called Mailbag. This guy runs it now. Hey, Roka, well, what's on uh, tap for this weekend? Yeah, well, this lady has been was uh, uh, my guest last week, and Perry was my guest a couple weeks ago, or th- a few weeks ago. This week, we got Manson, we got Snyder. Ooh. Holy Woo. mackerel! <laughs> Batting down the hatch. Coming in hot. We're going to reinforce the uh, sound panels in the studio to have these guys in here. So, we're going to have a lot of fun answering uh, your questions and uh, join us because uh, you guys have been great with the responses and the comments and really appreciate it and you know Gray was saying when she came on like it, it, the fan base has been really nice so keep doing that I don't know how Snyder's going to get away with it we'll see <laughs> but it'll be fun to watch also if I don't mind if you don't mind Perry one last thing Josh McCoug and I for Collider Sports Time we recorded a preview of the NCAA tournament it's happening now if you want to go watch that go to Collider Sports Time you can watch McCoug and I break it down the brackets per region for about 15-20 minutes and having a good time doing that Gray what's going on in your life sir anything you want to plug while we're in it well i'm really excited about our show that you are involved with with me uh we had a good time yeah you know that scene so focus features uh just released the mustang and it is such an exceptional movie Mm -hmm. like spoiler alert it's great and so we got to talk in our in this episode about redemption and when it's posted now it's on facebook watch it's on youtube Mm. and i was it just made me happy to even revisit 
thinking about seeing the movie. Yeah. Like I thought, and it's it's shaping up to be a really good series. I'm enjoying being a part of it. As am I, and I just hope the Mustang doesn't fly too low under the radar because, again, it it's really, really good. Oh. Do not write that one off. Go check it out. Another thing you should check out, tonight, only if you have seen Us, we have an Us spoiler review going up. You have the control. You do not have to push play until you see the movie, <laughs> so it will be there for you. Just wait. Just wait. I did it with uh, Haley Fouch and and Christian Robocava, so keep an eye out for that after you have seen us. Another thing I have to remind you about, there is a screening of Hannah that you're going to want to sign up for on Wednesday, March 27th. You could be one of the very first to watch the first two episodes of the Amazon Prime show. So go on over to Collider.com. Check out all the details on how to enter to win those tickets. There's also going to be a Collider meet and greet after the screening, so it's an event you are not going to want to miss. All right, time for those live Twitter questions. The very first one I have here is from Alessio Pasquale, who asks, considering a new tweet from Tom Holland hints at a new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropping on Monday, should we consider avoiding it, assuming it may be like the second Homecoming trailer and spoil events of Avengers Endgame? Ooh. Uh, I say always avoid trailers. <laughs> Maybe then they wouldn't release 18 of them and we wouldn't have everything ruined for us all the time. As I stay away from these things as long as humanly possible for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. They've created such a marvelously interconnected universe that it's really hard to be surprised. I'll say it again. I don't want to be manipulated, so I'm not going to watch it. No, oh, it all depends. No. It all depends. It all depends on. Well, it's a different what, marketing yeah. department. It's true, Sony. True. So. That's true. Uh, they're <laughs> all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> they might uh, be. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, you know, I like that last trailer, but I don't. But again, I'm already in, so it depends on work obligations if I need to mm-hmm. watch it. But other than that, I don't know if I'll watch it to be honest with you because I'm already going, and I think I'm starting to move into this camp of like not like a oh, Christian Bovacabo. You mentioned he talks about in the office all the time how he refuses yeah. to watch trailers. And it's an interesting philosophy and theory to to, to practice, right? To put in th- practice. Mm. So maybe we'll see. I understand the theory, and I give all the credits in the world to anyone who can actually mm. do that. I'm not going to lie; I'm definitely tempted to watch trailers so I can get some footage from movies I'm really excited about. But to be completely honest, more so than anything, why I like watching trailers is I love the art form of cutting a trailer. Oh, sure. I love the mm. art of editing something to the beat of a score, uh, like a pulse pounding piece of music. I'm just fascinated fascinated by that technique and that style and i feel like that's the number one reason i will never swear off trailers ever 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 yeah Can't I, still, help it. I still have the 300 trailers saved on my itunes to watch every once in a while to give me motivation nice. you get hyped you get hyped you know what this is sparta this is the smoda no, <laughs> i feel like that should be your ringtone every morning or something um the trailer i have oddly enough is uh, actually not oddly enough i'm obsessed with the trailer for the crazies the remake of the crazies oh, from 2011 yeah. that is one oh. of my favorite trailers with ever. Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. That movie is really good. Is I love I love the movie overall, but that was one of the best trailers. All that I, and the Battle Los Angeles trailer like blew my mind. All I remember about that remake is the car wash yes. part, which was really good. That's but a everything, good scene. Everything else I've forgotten. There's there's a lot of very good sequences in that movie. I used Have to Have you th- seen it? No. You should say, Okay, take that one recommendation <laughs> oh, from no. me and then tell me what you think. The crazies? Have you ever seen the original? No. Oh, that's okay. wait, wait. The Romero no, one. No, I didn't see the okay. Romero one. See see this new one and tell All me right. what you think. All right. All right, we're going to do some box office predictions right now at the request of Adam Clay. He's asking, "What are your opening weekend predictions for us?" 
oh god i hope it's so good mm. i hope it's so good and high and that everyone takes their mom but not actually it their sounds, mom like they're like a it sounds like, like you're copping out right now no i really <laughs> hope that happens because i just want everyone to see this movie what's it what's it being tracked at do you know a pair? um As the, box the, office the tracking the tracking that i've seen thus far is in the like high 40s 30? okay Ooh. a lot of it's in the high 40s and i went Yay. way above that because i've been looking at the ticket sales like i always do and and okay. those numbers just seem way above that kind of range. I went fifty-five million. Wow! It's that. Oh, I love that, that. would be a lot because uh, Get so Out maybe. opened with thirty-three million, and it would be a significant boost up. But mm-hmm. Get Out, when it opened, um, obviously it didn't have the momentum like Us is going to have from Get Out. But also, Get Out had less theaters than what Us is getting this weekend. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So I think just everything is going to combine the need to know, the need to talk about it. I think this movie is going to make a crazy amount of money. It's the only wide release. I'm a big fan of The Price Is Right. So I, I'm going to go under and say 35 million. That's my dollar. You were supposed to I'm going to bet a dollar. Or you should have topped me and said 56. Because yeah, then you would have really screwed oh, me over. I'm yeah. going to go, I'm gonna go the dollar out, 35 million. I feel like I don't know if, I don't know if the public, I haven't sensed the public. I may be completely wrong because you're the box office queen. But I haven't sensed this overwhelming desire. So I don't know what it's going to be at. We'll see. We'll check, see. check your uh, your Twitter trending things yeah, right now. No I'll bet points. you a hashtag for us is in the mix. Good my point. perception is so skewed of the of the audience's yeah, perception yeah. because I was so excited that I avoided everything I could see. Like I, it was a, there, I was walked into a theater and the trailer was playing and literally did la 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 <laughs> like a jerk. And I, I I watched it and I was like, ah, ah. and so I hope that it does well. I feel it's more like a forties. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Those are your box office predictions for us. I think we got time for one more question today. Let's go with good old Jay Scotty St. Clair who asks, as a kid growing up in the 90s between The Mask, Liar Liar and Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey was the first performer I recognized and looked forward to his movies. Do you recall the first performer you gravitated to as a young film fan? I love this question. God, what a great question. Yeah. Oh, wow. I really have to think. One of my most formative memories mm. watching a movie was seeing Steve Martin in All of Me. Mm. Oh, which, great film. Unbelievable movie. Bucking ball? Bucking ball. Bucking ball? Bucking ball. What a great movie. Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin. Incredible. So great. And mm-hmm. so great together. And I remember being really young and like not knowing a lot about film or certainly film history or anything but I watched what Steve Martin was doing physically in that film and I just remember actually being taken out of the movie as a wee gray and was like Oh, wow, that's really good. That's like really good acting. Like, wow, he's what we call a good actor. I just feel like it just set off so many light bulbs in my brain box. And I was able to directly parallel that at the time to to somebody like Jim Carrey on um, Living Color. Mm. Because I was like, wow, there are people out there that are doing things that I find so deeply hilarious and just show their talent. And then I was, you know, but I was like little. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the end of the story is I guess I'm pretty smart. (laughs) (laughs) Does it have to be a comedian person or no? No, it could be anyone. Tom Cruise. 
Like it really was. Oh, nice. It, it was Tom Cruise and Sylvester Stallone for a long time, toe to toe, and then Judge Dredd happened, and my dad and I walked out of that film halfway through, and I've never like he's never retained that ever again. Oh. But Cruise kept going. Cruise mm. kept going. And I even went to see Far and Away twice for some unknown insane reason in the theater. Uh, in a terrible Irish accent. But I saw everything he did from Top Gun on in the theater. I, I had to. Will not be in the room and let you besmirch Far and Away. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Which taught me about like how people got land back in the old tiny days. That's a good point. And it also taught me why people think redheads are great. (laughs) (laughs) And that you can come back from the dead, apparently, on an Irish slab. Whatever. Important lessons right there. (laughs) I actually think I'm going the comedy route with mine because I think the first person that I ever watched his stuff and said, I need to keep seeing it over and over, is Adam Sandler. I was a little little obsessed with Airheads when that movie came out. Oh, what (laughs) a great movie. I still watch Airheads over and over and over again. And then it was like right after Airheads, we got Billy Madison and Billy Madison mm. kind of changed my life. I mean that that's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's one of those movies in addition to Scream and Jurassic Park that I think I can recite that entire movie from start to finish. And then it was like right after that we got Happy Gilmore, which is another one I hold yeah. in like super high regards. He was just one of the very first ones that I registered. You are someone that if your name is at the top of a poster, I am going to seek it out. Wow. That is dissipated for obvious reasons, but that was <laughs> what it was like in my childhood. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember uh, really loving Wedding Singer. Mm. And that's a special one too. Yeah, I had cool. made a leap where I listened to Adam Sandler's comedy albums like inappropriately young mm-hmm. and we thought they were amazing and like, they're all going to laugh at you, like all that stuff and like the Saturday Night Live stuff and all that. And then I just kind of was like, ah, there's nobody in my house that really watched those movies, so I kind of missed them. And then Wedding Singer happened. And I was like, whoa, yeah. he's so charming. We he's love this game guy. changer. Like, what a beautiful mix of his comedic style mm-hmm. and also real, real heart and emotion. And also, he is an insanely talented singer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 51st <laughs> Dates, I would throw in that pile as well. That's, well a, that's a beautiful film. You guys don't like it? You don't I, yes. I like it, but oh. I just don't put it on wedding singer levels. Okay. You know what we're touching on, though, is that something that Adam Sandler's been quoted as saying, which is that Drew Barrymore is magical for him. She's magical yeah. in general. Yeah. But especially for him, because she makes him more likable oh, <laughs> and like softens him, mm-hmm. which is I could see that you can even see it in person when you see them together mm. and the, how that works, because okay. she's like such a cute little flower child and really is that person. And yeah. he's like wants to be cynical and gruff, but he can't around her, which Fair is enough. great. OK, well, whatever. I, I, give it up. Yep. <laughs> I, I guess whatever works for them. <laughs> that is it. All the time we have today. How's that for an ending? I want to thank Roca and Gray for thank being you. here today. That was a blast. As always, a huge thank you to Adam in the booth. Before we sign Woo! off, we have a wonderful guest here. So, Gray, where can everybody find you on the internet? Oh, it's my name. So it's G-R-A-E-D-R-A-K-E. Let's argue about Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Roka, go for it. Where can everyone really? find you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, At the Roka not? Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget Mailbag. And if you didn't watch Gray Drake's episode, go find it now on the Collider Video uh, YouTube page. And you got me at P. Nemroff on Twitter and Instagram. A huge thank you to everybody out there for watching this show. Please like and share. Tell everybody you know about us on the Collider Video channel. Also in podcast form as well. That is it for Movie Talk for the week. But we will be back 4 p.m. PT live on Monday. Napa know how.
At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some staying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after Seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that Seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.